Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. But first, let's have a look at the main business stories in the newspapers and websites, which we will do in the exalted company of Aidan Donnelly from Davies. Good morning, Aidan. I'm getting upgraded every week, Joe. I'm up to exalted now, am I? Well, I'm guessing when you go into a plane, you never turn right. You always turn left. I'm afraid that's not the case. <laughs> I, then I'd be in the cockpit if that was the case on most of the flights I'd be on. <laughs> well, I suppose um, biplanes don't have kind of turning right or turning left. Uh, in, they don't. They don't. Um, let's start with Naomi O'Leary in the Irish Times with a story about EU budgets. Yeah, this is an interesting one. And I think it's probably going to, we, we'll see more and more of it hitting the headlines in, in, in the coming weeks because there's a, there is a, the European Commission are going to be facing significant opposition from, from a lot of states, including Germany, because they've requested an extra $66 billion for their long-term budget. Now, uh, what's interesting here is that Ireland have said they are willing to pay the extra into the European uh, Union budget. Uh, but I think the big issue here is that, uh, not surprisingly, given the size of, of, of the European Commission and everything else, there's an awful lot of people who are questioning how the budget is spent and whether there's a lot of unspent money that still uh, is unlikely to be used for what it was originally uh raised for and should that not be redistributed into the 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 budget going forward in order to to make sure that people don't have to pay in this extra 66 billion so it it's 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 going to be uh, i i'd say some fairly fraught negotiations because obviously you know a lot of the european the major european countries like Germany are facing significant economic headwinds mm. and they probably don't really have the spare cash to, to, to be throwing in. And when they look across, the, as I said, the European Commission uh, operations, they see probably a little bit of waste and maybe uh, money that's just kind of left in pots that never really get to use. Yeah, it's interesting because 30 years ago, I remember Albert Reynolds coming back when he had secured 8 billion uh, punts back then. Uh, for Ireland over that was going to be spent over eight years. This is back in the days when Ireland went with a barely concealed begging bowl to the European Union. And now we're saying um, an extra couple of billion. Yeah, no problem. We'll just cut a check. How times have changed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, ultimately, you know, it, it's not that the, the money that they're looking to raise isn't for, for good use. The, the commission said they need 50 billion to keep your, the Ukraine afloat from 24 to 27. Mm. Um, and there's also an additional 15 billion to, to manage migration in the EU and to straighten its borders. So I don't think people are, are necessarily gripping with that. It's it's the fact that, you know, the... the, the it's the unspent the, money that they... The unspent money yeah. is the big issue. Yeah. And, yeah. and some, some of that, ironically, uh, is from the Brexit Adjustment Fund hasn't been spent. <laughs> How ironic. Right, Sarah Collins in the Irish Independent. She has a story about the gender pay gap. Yeah, we're going to see more and more of this in the coming weeks because these are the first kind of stories out as we come to the end of the year. So this one is all about the uh, on post and little are the, are, are the poster child in, in, this, uh, in this article. And it's really on post are saying now that women are paid almost 4% more on average than men in on post. Um, and it's interesting because it's, it's, I think it's a third year in a row, they say, a fourth year in a row maybe that, that that's been the case, uh, that it's been either neutral to, to slightly in favour. And that 
that really has come because of the increase in, in the number of women at senior roles within the organization. They've now reached 43% um, of, se- of women in senior roles, up from 33 just four years ago. So, the, you know, we, we will see more and more of it, this coming through. And I think the other thing, the other art, or the other company that, that's drawn out here is, is Lidl, and they've seen they've managed to close their uh, pay gap as well. Um, it's declined to, to 7%, which was an 11% drop on the same time last year. Um, and their median pay uh, gap has narrowed to 2.8 from 4.1% in 2022. So mm. we expect to see more and more of these companies as everybody has to start reporting um, their, their gender pay gap uh, as we come into the close of the yeah, year. Yeah, there, there, um, there is a legal obligation now to report uh, your gender pay gap. And that's I'm guessing why OnPost is keen to shout about it this year, because they have a particularly positive story to tell. Um, I see the number of posties are up uh, to 14% who are women. That's really interesting because we always associate uh, postmen uh, rather than post people. Yeah, and I, I think they, 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 they make an interesting point in that in, 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 on post and said because so many people like to, to do the job um, of, of a post person, um, they tend to have very, very long longevity in terms of career. So you don't have the turnover of staff that you would naturally think would, would be able to, to create the change within, within the organization in terms of the mix. Because as you said, most people would have traditionally thought of, of uh, post men rather than post women but mm. you know uh, over the last couple of years I suppose with, with with the age profile increasing there has been more retirements and things like that and that has allowed that mix to, to increase quite is, a bit. Is your, is your postie male or female? I actually I think Or you don't memory, get male you don't have, get stale male man, anymore. We have a man sometimes of the year and a, and a, a lady sometimes of the year. All right so. okay. Um, the Financial Times has a story about Russian oil coming into the European Union. Yeah, this this is I, I suppose you know we, we, this is kind of we've forgotten about this in the last since this time last year uh, when we were all worried that there was going to be no gas coming into Europe at all. Now the EU is set to give member states a, a power to end gas imports from Russia and Belarus. Um, if they wanted, the proposals basically provide a basis for, for EU energy companies to get out of contracts with Russian gas providers without pay, having to pay a hefty compensation. So basically, if, you, if you're told by the EU that or your government that you're not allowed to bring it in, it means that you're kind of, you, you, you can strike a force majeure and say, well, listen, that's just, I, I can't do anything about it. It's not me reneging on the contract. It's it's my uh, my government. But the problem here ultimately isn't why it isn't going to be rolled across, mandated across Europe. It's obviously, depending on the country that you're in, there's significantly different um, uh, um, need for Russian gas to, to, to come into to your, your market. Certain countries are very, very dependent on it. Others are less including, so. Including, ironically, uh, Ukraine, who charges yeah. kind of transit fees for Russian gas, even though they're literally fighting a hot war with the provider of that gas. It's a very interesting yes. story. And, and, and Russia used that money that they gained from the gas to fund the war in the first place. So it's a kind of a, a very unusual circle that you go through. But ultimately, I think, you know, negotiators are are pretty much hoping to get the the approved draft text uh, um, next week and then it'll have to go to a full vote um, of the EU. Now, finally, a story about interest rates. It's starting to look as if the ECB might have to walk back some of their higher for longer comments that they've been putting out recently. Yeah, like I... I, I 
I, I think this is this is there's been a lot of talk, and certainly the move in the markets over the last um, month, both equity and bond markets have, have have been very jovial about this, and on both sides of the Atlantic, that that interest rates are going to have to come down next year. Um, and as, as we know, the central banks have been very uh, adamant that it's going to be higher for longer, and a lot of people have said the market is now betting that they can't possibly hold that line because inflation is coming down, and it, definitely in the case of Europe, the economy is significantly weaker uh, than it needs to be. Um, so, if you look at the, the the markets now, they're seeing seeing rates fall by fall to two and a half percent by the end of 20, 2024. And if you look a couple of weeks ago, that that number would have been about three percent, uh, borrowing cost sustainable three percent. Now, again, this is all in the timing. Some people are saying that you know you'll see the first move by March. Um, I, I think at the back of their minds, they, both central banks uh, in, in, in the US and Europe will be very cognizant of the fact that in past times, they have reacted too quickly to, to falling inflation, only to see it spring back again. And, you know, I think going back to that idea of, of, of Russian oil and Russian gas coming in, if we do get a cold snap in Europe, you could see the, the, the energy prices spike quite mm -hmm. a bit, and that ultimately feeds back into inflation. So I think uh, Christine Lagarde in particular will be keeping a very strong eye on it because it is much more of a quandary, I think, for the Euro European Central Bank than it is maybe for the Federal Reserve. Yes, it is. And finally, the key question is, are you going to your gîte in the Dordogne for the weekend or are you going skiing in, in your place, your chalet no. in Gestad? I, I don't know who you think, what sort of a lifestyle <laughs> you think I have. You know, I, actually, as it happens, I've been to neither places in my life. So I'm afraid it's, 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 it's good I old for, I forgot weekend. that the revenue commissioners listen to this programme. You're right. Uh, Aidan Donnelly, strange person. Yes, you've never been to Gestad. Uh, Aidan, thank you so much for joining us. That's Aidan Donnelly there from Davies. And back in... Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.